When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with Nora from the Reality Is podcast. Hello. Hi. Hey. Donnie's so rude. You didn't even call her the cute one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was so excited to talk about how you're like officially a friend of the pod because you're our first three-time returner. Yes. So, like Everyone else, when they come back for a second time, we say like returning to the pod. But now like you're a real title. One but you're of also us. the cutest one. one of us. <laughs> I'm actually the sweetest one. Oh, ooh, <laughs> Ryan with the movie. So if you don't know, then Nor was just plugging the movie we're covering, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Just kidding. We're covering, <laughs> we're covering the sweetest thing, the 2002 uh, hit, I guess. Uh, I don't know if it was a hit. I know for a fact it wasn't. But, <laughs> so, so let me just jump into that. Then. So I'll walk us through some nostalgia talk before we get into the background information of the movie. But the movie was released April 12th, 2002. It was number two in the box office. It's opening week. Don't get excited about that number. You'll find out soon. <laughs> it didn't last long. But it was number two in the box office. It's opening week only behind Changing Lane which I don't even know what that is. I have literally never heard that <laughs> title never heard in my life. No. No. But it was number one on April 12th, so mm. I don't know where you were, but not the box office. The <laughs> radio not. was banging, though, because Ain't It Funny by Jennifer Lopez, What's Love by Fat Joe, and Foolish by Ashanti were the top three songs in the U.S. Then. Wow. Bops, bops all around. Yeah, so I think anyone with taste was listening to the radio instead of at the movie <laughs> You can't do both. No, you can't. <laughs> on Broadway, since I'm the moderator this week, uh, so I get to tell you what's happening cool. in the world. On Broadway, The Graduate opened, starring Kathleen Turner, Jason Biggs, and Alicia Silverstone. So that's mm. fun. And then a cultural phenomenon began on TV earlier in the month with Degrassi, The Next Generation, premiering in the U.S. on April 1st. I was not a Degrassi person. Yeah. Because by the time I learned about it, I was like two years into college and it had already been like four seasons of it. And it was on so. Oh, so it wasn't about the fact that it was meant for teenagers. It was because (laughs) there were too many episodes you were going to have to like watch to catch up. Yeah. Especially like back then. I was in college starting in 2004, five was my first year of college. And back then, you either had to like stream something illegally, which I would never do. Or, like, buy the DVD of it. Yeah. It's not like I could, you know, watch it on Netflix. That's fair. Yeah. Unless I rented it from Netflix, I probably could have done that. I think yeah. I literally used to go to a website that was, like, illegaldownloadtv.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. I mean, all of my college computers lasted, like, exactly two semesters before they just exploded. Oh, yeah. Correct. But, you know, it got the job done. 
I did. You're like, my lap is burning, but (laughs) (laughs) I also didn't watch Degrassi because I am a year older than you. I think I was just like too old for it, but also about downloading bootlegs. Like I think in high school, maybe my parents were just like, our kids are too old. Like I'm the youngest in the family. So my parents were like, we're not fucking paying for cable. And then we didn't have cable. So I used to download episodes of friends. That's the first thing I remember downloading was like episodes of friends. And that was like so exciting that I could do that. And what's crazy is friends wasn't even on cable you could have just plopped in a antenna and called it a day but you like to live dangerous (laughs) i did i did i also did get an email like remember when the internet company would like reach out to being like you need to stop illegal activity (gasps) i had a glorious napster you know situation i had to delete all of it and then remember on napster when i know it wasn't anyone like with power but for a little bit they would like sprinkle in a recording of someone basically saying like you've been caught so yes. then when you downloaded a song, it was it sounded like Bill Clinton, first of all. So then I was like, oh my God. Bill, get out cut, of here. Yeah, I've been caught by our previous president. <laughs> Former president Bill Clinton. Imagine that's part of like the phasing out. You're like, well, I've done my time. I've done my years. And now I have to spend this next year yelling at children on Napster. And then you had like Kazaa, I think that was it, right? Oh, yeah. And then that and was Lime like Wire. straight up. LimeWire and Kazaa it was like, mm-hmm. hello, welcome to virus town you'd yeah. like download an album and like two tracks would work the oh, rest yeah. would be like sex sounds or aol music first listen did yeah. you have songs with that on it yeah you know who was like the biggest user of napster and limewire and all of those things was my dad because my dad is like just a little hippie man he loves his grateful dead <laughs> i learned a lot of the music that i listened to through him and i will never forget for my 13th birthday he asked me to give him 10 songs that i wanted on a cd and then the goodie bag was a burned CD of all of my favorite songs. But one of the songs was the thong song and Hmm. parents lost their fucking minds. The other families didn't want to see their booty go. (laughs) (laughs) Can you um, tell the first sentence of this story? What? My dad used Napster. (laughs) No, the part where you made a mixed CD as a birthday party goodie bag for my 13th birthday party donnie if you want to equate this to donnie appreciation month which i literally looked at my calendar labor day is almost upon us which means it's almost thanksgiving which means it's almost christmas which means it's almost new year's which means i am almost about to be tortured again by this man for his birthday absolutely it's spooky season turkey season Holiday season, New Year's, and then like the first three months are just get ready for Don. So don't (laughs) equate my 13th birthday mix CD to the trauma that I I'm just have, to, have endure. to start somewhere. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Also, by the way, like that is so luxurious. Like that is so cool that like you would go to somebody's house and be like, well, not only was the party amazing, she made us all a mix CD. It's just like <laughs> super cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's why I did it in college. Um, So so if you want to see me terrorize Chelsea in person for the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one, where you can watch video versions of this. Enjoy. All right, so now, background information of this movie. It was directed, when I found out the director, I gasped audibly. I'm home alone. 
This was not a show for anyone. Like, I hate when parents say, you're showing off. No, I'm not. I'm just extra. And my parents still (laughs) sometimes tell me I'm showing off for Mm -hmm. people. But like, no, I'm just 36 and don't know how to put my tail between my legs. But the director of this movie is Roger Cumble, who also is the director of Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions was his first movie, and this was his second. He also directed Just Friends. So when we cover that in the future, Chelsea, we have to reach out to this man for an interview, please. Okay. It's our last hope because he didn't direct anything else after that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that I'm saying okay, but you're the one that reaches out to me. Yeah, so even okay. if you told me a flat no, I would just do it anyway. It was written by Nancy M. Pimentel, who also wrote 62 episodes of South Park during seasons two to five. And Wild. And six episodes of Shameless during its 11 season run. Okay. So you can see, like, she has some themes in her work, I mm-hmm. guess. Sure. <laughs> the budget was crazy. It was $43 million and it made $69 million worldwide. So not a huge, like, profit. But a third of the budget <laughs> went to Cameron Diaz's salary. I mean, wow. she did put in the most work in this movie. I mean, not really. Selma Blair literally had a banana in her mouth for a full shot. Oh, just wow. so you could see her jaw was working overtime. Oh, my God. God. We'll get to that soon. I love that scene so much. (laughs) There were three taglines for the movie. I only wrote two of them because the other one was like really bad. The first one is, first came the rules of love. Now comes the fun. So like if that's one of the better ones I picked, you know that third one was really garbage. The other one was also, they're looking for a few good men. (laughs) <laughs> just just terrible taglines. Wait, that was the whole that. thing? Yeah. There's no second part to that? <laughs> uh-uh. Nope, they're just looking for a few good men. The sweetest thing. Wow. So my thoughts about this movie is, first of all, that it's very much a movie for women. As a woman watching this movie or as a young girl when I was in high school and I watched this movie, like this is very much a movie where I could totally see a guy watching and being like, like even my husband, I could see my husband watching and being like, Ugh, whatever, girls. Like, (laughs) just being like a dick about it, right? Those taglines look like a producer watched this movie and was like, I don't fucking know. Like, (laughs) some dude was like, I don't know, just put something together. Like, Cameron Diaz is in there. She'll, you know, shake her body and we'll get some people in the seat. Okay, I had not seen this movie since, like, the summer of 2002 when Mm -hmm. me and my mother had a very formative experience of renting it together at Blockbuster and her watching it with me and my best friend. And it was the unedited version. So we Mm -hmm. got the full Too Big to Fit in Here song. So I, like, have not returned to this film since then. And Mm -hmm. re-watching it today... I love it. It's like a slutty Romy and Michelle. It's just so good. I think the last time I watched this movie was in high school. Mm. And guys, it is my birthday today. So I was getting a bunch of texts from my friends, like my high school best friends. And I just was like watching the movie and just like making videos of myself watching the movie, cracking up and sending it to them. Because this is like such a big part of my best friendships from like growing up. Like this movie is such a a big part of it. We would just like quote lines of it to each Mm. other over the last 20 years. And then now watching it, I was like laughing, crying, probably (laughs) actually crying because I missed my friends. Like it was a lot. It was an amazing experience for me. I'm glad we could do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it is Nora's birthday. And I want to apologize that you're spending it here with us tonight talking about this movie but after that lovely account you just gave i think that maybe you can say thank you and we'll say you're welcome (laughs) the best thing about your late 30s is that you don't have to like turn up you can like go and have a nice brunch 
you can come back, you can take your bra off, <laughs> wash your makeup off your face, get into your pajamas. And then you can be like, you know what? I want to talk to a podcast about this movie from formidable years of my life. That's what I wanted to do. So yes, thank you, Donnie and Kelsey. <laughs> this is the best birthday present ever. You're, You're welcome. welcome. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. For some movie trivia, I don't have much, but I have good stuff. Quality, not quantity. The movie is based on writer Nancy M. Pimentel's relationship with her friend, Kate Walsh, whose name you may recognize as Dr. Addison Montgomery from <gasps> Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Crazy. She got the dick stuck in her mouth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Addison definitely seems like the type. She's seen wow. some stuff. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And Selma Blair's manager did not want her to audition for this role because of the dick scene. But oh. Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz already were signed on, so she ignored the manager and auditioned anyway. Good for her. Yeah. I love that it's her staple that she is going to wear granny panties in any film she's in. <laughs> appreciate it. Shout outs to granny panties. I wore my pregnancy underwear way too long. Like those things would come up to my nipples. I was reverse poo bearing. Like I didn't need a shirt. I could just wear the underwear. Honestly, it's like a hug. Like a snuggie for your torso. Before we get into the one minute synopsis, I do want to know what character, if any, do you identify as? Man, I definitely identify the most with Christina Applegate's character. Because I am that bitch. <laughs> I am that friend who is like just going to be straight up with you and be like, you're mm. being a pussy. And then also do the reverse psychology and also like get you out of there when I need to. She got sprayed in the face with urinal stuff. And then she wasn't like, oh, we should go home. Yeah. Like She I was like, that her. was so funny. What a funny moment we just <laughs> shared together. That is like the type of person you want by your side. Yeah. 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 I identify as the priest from the wedding who is just <laughs> trying to have a moment. <laughs> I identify as two characters jane number one i think in my single days i was desperate for love but once i get in relationships then i'm a total slut but mm-hmm. then i also relate to the gay cop that sang that leanne rhymes <laughs> so good leanne rhymes by the way it's also her birthday today is it Oh, wow. I was just going to say, I will sing a Leanne Rhyme song at the drop of a hat, but now I have a reason to. Now I'll sing Happy Birthday instead. But, Nor, <laughs> you being a Virgo, nothing in this world has made more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sidebar. Do you know that? Of course you do. Of course you do, Chelsea, because it's her messing up. You know that Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler like talk show? Yes. So there's that clip of, I think it's the Jake Gyllenhaal episode. And it's like, what are you? What are you, a Virgo? What are you, a Leo? <laughs> Today I met one of my really good friends, significant other, and I swear to God, that was me. I was like, what's your name? <laughs> what are you? Oh, a Taurus? Okay. <laughs> what's your rising? Like, what is wrong with me? Nothing. Honestly, it doesn't even really mean that much to me, but I always ask. And then I don't even remember. Oh, see, I can't remember your face, won't remember your name, will remember what <laughs> sign you are. Oh, see, I don't know anything about any signs, but I still always want to know what you are. Like, I'm like, what are you? And then I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I basically ask so then I can tell you I'm a Gemini, which is the most Gemini thing. 
ever. <laughs> so yeah. now is the time. And Nora, we're putting one minute on the clock. I'm sure you won't even need eight seconds because your other two times, you did it quick. So here we go. Okay, full disclosure. Don't start the time yet. Okay. Started, I, no, no goddamn it. No. I was thinking about how the last two times I just had like one sentence, but I uh-huh. love this movie so much that I'm gonna have to talk about it a little bit more. Like I'm not rushing to get out of here. This time. <laughs> <laughs> An honest and hilarious portrayal of what it's like for women in their late twenties to transition from playing the field to settling down. From glory holes to wedding crashing to penis songs, this movie is a hoot. Wow. Wow. It is a hoot. <laughs> so the movie begins with a montage of interviews with unhinged men who have been turned down by Christina Walters. And now that I have the experience of covering 38 movies with Chelsea under my belt, I consider myself officially a woke feminist. And I have to apologize <laughs> that you two have to share the world with men like this. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I didn't know until a year ago. You know what's like so amazing about this movie just off the bat is that like it already taught us back in 2002 that like douchey guys who go to spin class are like not for you, honey. Okay. So I want to ask you this. I had this in my notes to ask. I love this movie. I love the ways that they kind of sneak things in. And I love that it was like a wide variety of douchebags in all of their forms. For Mm -hmm. you, Nor, which is scary? The like manic cyclist or the guy who's literally bleeding from his bodily orifices? God, Chelsea, that is such a difficult question. (laughs) It's like, how do you want to die by fire or by suffocating to death? Like, I'm going to go ahead and say what is more menacing is, oh God, this is so hard. Is it, is it the incel or is it like the douchey finance bro? Right. Oh God. You know what? I'm going to go with the nose bleeder. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because I think that I have been taught how to deal with the guy that's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I yeah, bought yeah, you yeah. a drink. Yeah. Like suck my dick. But because of how we grow up as women, like we are always taught to be nice. And that's a guy that is just menacing enough, but he keeps it under the radar so that you have to be nice to him and you inadvertently then like kind of quote unquote he will say you're stringing him along because you've been nice to him and then you end up like being skinned alive in his basement correct yeah 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 Sorry, Donnie. There's a new lesson. I guess I needed that 39th week because I didn't know everything. Christina and her best friend Courtney help their friend Jane, whose boyfriend just broke up with her, and she's up to her neck in tear-soaked tissues, and she's taking every tip she can from a relationship advice book called The Ten Commandments of Love. And I am with Jane on this because I am a slut for a self-help book. When You Are a Badass was a thing, like, four years ago, I bought every single spinoff that woman wrote. I bought that quote-a-day calendar. This woman was changing my life. And then I had the audiobook of You Are a Badass with Money, and she was like, now, if you're listening to the audiobook, you should really own the real thing so you can highlight and take notes. Then why did you record an audiobook? (laughs) Because she's a badass. With money, she is. Yeah, my money. Because I bought the audiobook and then the real one. Who wrote yeah. that? That's not a Rachel Hollis book, is no, it? No, it's not. Jen Cicero. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. like, is this that girl wash your face No, I bitch? stayed away no. from her. But funny you brought her up because after I finished You Are a Badass, I was like, oh my God, I need to manifest. I need all of these <laughs> books that are anything like this. And my friend was like, stay away from wash your face. 
It's like, well, oh. yeah. I don't want to wash my face, so I'm not going to read it. <laughs> One thing about a Virgo is that we don't like to take advice from anyone, oh. so we don't fuck with self-help books. Oh, wow. Now, would you ever write one? Yeah, because that's like okay. one thing about a Virgo is that we will give you our advice, okay. <laughs> whether you want it or not. Exactly. <laughs> Unsolicited. Now, see, so many of these books, there's no reason these people should be writing books. You didn't go to school no. for this. So I always wanted to, but like... I know that I have nothing <laughs> to say to people. So it'll just, I don't know even what my book would start to be. You have lots to say. Nothing that's self-help. Well, maybe write an autobiography. Oh, yeah. I definitely have a few chapters of that written already. A book of essays. One's all about Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get sued by Deborah. <laughs> Christina and Courtney tell Jane she was too emotionally available and that she needs to set boundaries. And instead of looking for love, she just needs to look for Mr. Right Now. So the three head out for a night and immediately, if you didn't know before, it's clear now that this movie is from 2002. <laughs> because everybody is dressed like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Selma mm-hmm. Blair is in a leopard print mini dress. Cameron Diaz mm-hmm. is in red lycra pants and a crop top. And Christina Applegate is literally just wearing a business vest <laughs> with nothing else. So hot. Yeah. <laughs> now that is a look I would like to come back. Is it back? I don't know. I'm not young anymore. Probably. Um, yeah. Who knows? But I just feel like everything is back in fashion. Or maybe I just feel like as a millennial, I'm like, fuck you. I'm not wearing your clothes. I'm going to wear the clothes I want to wear. So that's that. Although now that I think about it, I do have this like jumpsuit that very much has a similar vibe. Oh, it's wow. like the, a vest, but it's oh, like a I suit on that. top. See, now that's how I used to dress my Barbies. Like take okay. the men's clothes and just put it on the woman with no undershirt. Okay. Hi, Project Runway. <laughs> like make it work. <laughs> And then I would make them get in car accidents. Uh, (laughs) I like how earlier you were like, wow, this hypothetical situation in which you got skinned in a basement. That's a bit much. Meanwhile, no, I meant I didn't know that that's something you have to worry about. Oh, I thought that you were like, that's a lot. And now I know that you're just taking notes. For when I play Barbie, wait till I hang out with your daughters next. Oh my God. Like, who's getting skinned? Anyway. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 
$200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to Patreon.com slash one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So Christina Walters, not Applegate, tries to introduce Jane to a man by pinching his ass, but instead argues with him about how he reacts. And he calls her out as a woman who likes to play games with men and always has to be in control so that she never has to get too close. Take it away, Chelsea. I know. I know. I just I put in parentheses pause for Chelsea because I, kn- I knew something would be said. It's not a typical rant of mine. I found myself confused in the beginning of this movie as I was kind of getting my bearings in terms of like what message they were trying to portray. Now, I eventually got there and I understood that this is, like Nora said, very much a movie intended for women. But at this point, it was almost like addressing toxic masculinity through toxic women. This exact exchange, had it been reversed, would Mm -hmm. be just like another scene in a movie, kind of. Mm -hmm. We've seen this over and over again. But also, like as much as I love these girls and I want to be their friends – They are the worst because them blocking the bathroom sink to have a conversation, like have some common courtesy, move to the side. I'd like to wash my hands. Yeah, but they let you touch their boobs. That's true. Yeah, I agree with you. I can see why like a straight guy watching it would be like, they're trying to be like men. And it's like, okay, so you clearly recognize that this Mm. is a problematic behavior, but you are okay with men being this way. Okay, fine. I do get that. Right. Which is like, oh, if you don't want men to treat you this way, then like you shouldn't treat men this way. But it's like, well, the power dynamic is a little bit different, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. All those things that we know now in 2022. So many of the scenes reminded me of like bridesmaids or like train wreck of like Mm -hmm. sort of just women objectifying men. And okay, sorry, I have to tell our secrets out ladies, but we do be doing that sometimes. (laughs) So I don't know. I felt like it was just like, a real insight into sometimes like the way that girls talk about guys. Yeah. The butt pinching is where it perhaps crossed the, butt the pinching, line. I was like, I wouldn't put my hands on a person. <laughs> but it was at this point where I looked up to see if the writer was male or female. Cause that scene going into the boob touching scene, I was like, I'm not sure anymore. A woman. But I mean, woman. I've touched all of my friends' boobs. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> so Jane finds a man on her own and she's making out with him in the corner while Christina bonds with the owner of the pinched butt, Peter, who invites her to an after party at the Freddie Mercury suite in celebration of his brother's wedding on Saturday. She doesn't go, but she spends all night regretting it after dreaming of him eating her out while she eats ice cream with no calories. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wet just watching it. <laughs> Jason Bateman 
always plays whatever character he's playing just so well. But also we had a couple of cameos in this club scene. So one I thought was so funny was Christina Applegate, her character. She like meets this guy and it's Jonathan. I don't know how to say his last name, but it's her ex-husband. So he was in it and he's a guy that like she's talking to and he's like, hey, what's up with you? She's like, not much. What's up with you? And then they're just going back and forth. It was so stupid. I was cackling. I was laughing so hard. So hard. It was so silly. And then one of the girls that Jason Bateman was like, look at these pigs that I've (laughs) so gross. One of the girls was Brandy on Real Houses of Beverly Hills. She had this best friend, Jennifer. I thought you just told us it was Brandy from Real Houses. No, it wasn't Brandy. But it was Brandy's best friend, Jennifer, who was like her sober best friend. Jennifer, I want to say her name is Jimenez. Oh, wow. uh, I was like, I know that face. So huh. you, you are the opposite to me. In Unbreakable, you would be my Mr. Glass because you <laughs> just picked out these people and these faces in a way that I don't understand physically, <laughs> mentally, spiritually. That is so impressive. No, again, going back to me being a Virgo, <laughs> I saw it. It drove me crazy. Mm. I had to pause it and then I had to look it up because I was like, no, I know this. I know this. And then I was like, okay, there you go. And then I was satisfied and I moved on with my day. <laughs> and the woman that threw up in the bathroom, she is the writer of the movie. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah, but I only knew that from research. I don't know her by face. Mm. She's no Kate Walsh. <laughs> so the next day, the girls go to lunch, but first Jane needs to drop off the dress she borrowed from Courtney <laughs> at the dry cleaners because of a staying she wants to get in and get out to not make a big deal about the obvious jizz but of course everyone she's ever met including her third grade teacher and her childhood priest arrive while the dry cleaner tries to figure out what the stain is going all the way up to the point where he tastes it (laughs) it is the funniest fucking scene in the entire movie like this entire stretch was like cracking me up i was laughing so goddamn hard and by the way i was watching this like first thing in the morning (laughs) i i'm not going to talk about the scene i'm going to talk about what happens in the scene for a long time in my um formative years i didn't know that um that stuff made a stain so i would just do it into my shirts and underwear and then drop off my underwear to my grandma to clean she lived in the basement and she always did our laundry so she was like probably cracking open my shirts and underwear (laughs) everything had jizz on it i was like a 16 year old boy just giving this jizz up clothing to my grandma to do laundry once a week i am horrified Uh guys i have two sons and i'm mortified (laughs) buckle up 10 years get ready (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) or just make them do their laundry when they become 13 yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. they have a dad like have a conversation with your sons about their jizz okay like i don't want to have to deal with if only someone would have told me in fact i had to wait till april 12th 2002 to learn (laughs) <laughs> Were you just having like flashbacks hit you in the face in the theaters? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just my grandma folding my clothes. Just, <laughs> I look like Raven Simone. I just kept looking. <laughs> All of your shirts are tie dye. <laughs> You're wearing a tie dye shirt right I now. Am. That shirt started out completely multicolored. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Um, I feel like oh I learned God. about it because of Monica Lewinsky. Mm. Mm. See, yeah. I should have paid more attention to politics. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, 
Um, actually, no. One more jizz oh, on the cold. Sorry. And then during quarantine, I didn't go to the laundromat because. I was afraid I would die. Mm-hmm. So then we would just buy like new shirts and pants as we needed them from Amazon. But I had one t-shirt that I just kept using as a jizz rag over and over. <laughs> so then when quarantine finally ended and I could go to the laundromat, I washed it. But it was so discolored. I was like, what am I going to do? Why <laughs> did you not throw that away, Donnie? Yeah. Why was it necessary to keep it? <laughs> like a keepsake? such a cute shirt. Yeah, it's a cute yeah. shirt. What? I mean, I... <laughs> it's a Beverly Hills 9 no 210 shirt. So if you ever see me wearing it now, that used to be my quarantine jizz rag, everybody. <laughs> and I know we've already plugged the Patreon, but it's worth <laughs> signing up just to see Noor's face during the last five minutes of this podcast. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm also um, now psychoanalyzing your orgasms. Maybe you got used to like having the jizz rag there. That was like part of your completion process was like seeing that particular shirt there. So maybe that's why you wanted to hold on to maybe. it. Maybe. It was a comfort item during a troubling time. <laughs> it's a lovey. It's a lovey. <laughs> Next topic. Mm -hmm. At lunch, Christina (laughs) confesses that she regrets not going to the party and would be open to going to his brother's wedding tomorrow. And then the whole restaurant breaks into a full performance about big dicks. This song is not in the edited version, only the unrated version. So in high school, I watched this movie on my own from Blockbuster, returned it, told all my friends how great it was. They came over for a movie night. We rented it again, and it didn't have the fucking penis song. So then we got to that scene with the grandfather, like, fuck grandma, at the golf course. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. There should be something here. So then I made my dad drive us back to Blockbuster, get the director's cut. Just so I could watch the penis song. I mean, it's kind of worth it. Too big to fit yeah, in here. So Too big, big to, to fit, fit in, in here. It's so good. <laughs> when I think about this movie, I immediately hear that song. Yeah. And what's crazy, in the original script, it was about gonorrhea for whatever reason. And then the three lead actresses rewrote it and were like, can we sing this instead? And they said, yes. I love that. It's so good. And then that old woman who plays the reporter in... Not another teen movie. It's just a star-studded <laughs> performance. Nine double O penis. Okay, now <laughs> that's silly. I could sing this all day. So, so let's skip ahead so I don't. If you subscribe to Patreon, maybe I'll do a production. <laughs> the next morning, Christina and Courtney head to the wedding, and on the way, Christina investigates a smell coming from Courtney's back seat, which turns Ugh. out to be—it's so disgusting—old maggot-infested food in like aluminum foil i do not have a driver's license much less a car so i really have no say but i cannot stand someone moms are not included moms are not included (laughs) but i cannot stand someone who doesn't keep a clean car and i'm sitting here in a very disarrayed living room we got a new cabinet under our sink like two weeks ago and there's not a space for a junk drawer anymore that's literally on this table with me and it's been (laughs) here for two weeks so like a house i'm fine with but a car you show that to the world every day so I was somebody pre-kids putting my quarters in, vacuuming out my car like at least once a month. And then my children were born and the back seat is a war zone. And I hate that. But I also it's like one of the things I've just had to like accept and let go because you just have to do that yeah. to keep your sanity as a mom. But 
the front of my car remains clean, and that's like my distinction. My husband, his car is disgusting. There are wrappers. I thought you were going to say rats. I thought you were going to say rats. (laughs) Oh my God. I would know. No, that I would draw a line. But like Donnie, you've met him. Like it's very unlike him. You meet him and you don't think this is a man with a disgusting car, but it's like fast food wrappers, trash. If we're taking his car somewhere, I make him go. I'm like, you need to go clean out your car before I sit in it because I don't want my feet in like McDonald's wrappers from two months ago. Mm -hmm. And then if they Mm -hmm. pick you up and they're like, oh, just like pushing this garbage <laughs> over the side of the seat so that it's at your feet instead of your anus. It's just awful. <laughs> so after the maggots end up on the windshield, the girls stop at a car wash where they use the men's room, which ends with Courtney being sprayed with urinal water and Christina getting poked in the eye with a dick after peeking through a glory hole. And for the longest time, I was so confused with the logistics of glory holes after seeing this movie because it is behind behind where you flush the toilet so if you were the person sucking that dick you have to like straddle the toilet to have this dick when really a glory hole is just from one stall to the next like there would be no reason for a glory hole to be behind that okay thank you for specifying and describing that because i also like as you're explaining it, i'm like oh that's what they're for it was a two-way street It is, but like where you have to flush, you have to reach over the flush thing for that dick. So even if you're the one putting your dick through so someone outside could suck you off, there is like you have to straddle that toilet. Yeah, I guess maybe it's like for you to have a seat. (laughs) And then do what with it? Because then you have to turn around like that. Yeah, I guess guess you could. Because I'm sitting down. God. <laughs> Patreon.com slash I am the cute one to have your eyes burned out. I love also after that scene where she's like, oh no, I got a dick in my eye. I'm going to go blind. And then she's like looking at it and she was like, no, you're fine. But honey, I think you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> a movie ahead so of its time. Truly. I love a well-written crass woman scene. Yeah, We don't get them enough. So the ladies who are not blind from dicks in the eyes continue their road trip, which includes causing a motorist to land in the hospital after giving him blue balls and calling Jane at work, interrupting her while she's having sex on the Is Jane there? (laughs) And then on top of that, they sing to her the Pina Colada song. Which, by the way, that Pina Colada song, I know that everybody knows the words and everybody loves to sing along and it's played at a lot of weddings. It's about cheating on your partner and them also cheating on you. And then Uh you meet up and you're like oh this is so silly we were both gonna have an affair but it's you i'm in love all over again it's about two pieces of shit yeah i've never paid that much attention to that song i just thought it was about pina coladas and getting caught in the rain somebody takes out an ad in the paper and is like this is who i'm looking for i'm looking for somebody who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain and then they get a reply from somebody who likes those things and then they meet up and it turns out it's their partner and they're like wow i had no idea you liked pina coladas and getting caught in the rain this relationship is fixed oh my god this song yeah. should be about going to couples counseling <laughs> if you like couples counseling and using i feel statements 
<laughs> I mean, a great little ditty, but terrible message. Mm-hmm. Terrible message. <laughs> when Jane is having sex with the elephant, it just makes me laugh. because She's like, I can't believe I'm fucking somebody in an elephant costume. And that was not in the original script either. But then Roger Cumble loved Selma Blair so much from her time on Cruel Intentions that he said, like, these two girls get too many pages just having fun together. We're throwing a scene in. And oh, that's going to that. be you fucking a purple elephant. <laughs> which i hate how similar of a story i have because as you remember i used to work at chuck e cheese so when i fooled around with that boy in the chucky closet earl was his name and he was not cute so i used to call him earl the hurl but when when you're 16 with limited options you just Mm. turn the lights off and close your eyes and when it's earl or that jizz t-shirt you know my grandma doesn't have to wash earl so (laughs) yeah i did fool around with him when he was in the chucky clothes without the hat Oh, wow. But, like, no dick action. Just, you know, making out and dry humping. And then we went <laughs> under the pin. <laughs> then we went under the pinball machine and dry humped there a little bit. With No kids were in the building. This was for the Christmas party. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but just recently, my children were like, Mama, can we go to Chuck E. Cheese now? We have the vaccine. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> fine. But now as you were telling the story, I was like, maybe it's still too soon. I don't know. <laughs> no, this was Christmas party only. No children. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I just spit all over my microphone and my computer. Donnie, you know, we aren't going to have to take out an ad in the paper to reconnect in this relationship because you still find ways to surprise me every day. <laughs> Nothing stale about this. So that's my sex at work story. I don't know if anybody else has Let's keep it moving. All right. So to replace their urinal and maggot-soaked clothes, Christina and Courtney stop at a thrift store in the town where the wedding is being held, where we get a makeover montage, and the women pick out outfits that they think look like Days of Our Lives costumes from the 80s, and we're clearly supposed to laugh at them, but I do want to ask you, Chelsea, did you like Cameron Diaz's outfit? Because it is very similar to Bianca's dress from 10 Things I Hate oh, About You. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it is not. Uh, then why is Nora shaking her head? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Also, I thought Christina Applegate's outfit was lovely. Yeah. The hat was a little weird, but take it off then. The hat was a little weird. The hat and the gloves. Yeah. But I thought it was a cute little blue number. It was number. better than the thing she originally wore. Okay, let's talk about those initial wedding outfits, because what the fuck? Were they going to a luncheon or like a women in business conference? Right. Like, no, what they ended up in was way better. And also, I know we're meant to laugh at the store and like how ridiculous it is, but this would be an amazing costume store. Like, imagine yeah. you had access to this during Halloween season. Yeah, I can't believe that this woman is struggling. With I don't think she's struggling at all. I think she's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of names in that mailing list. They were. List. <laughs> As a little prank on her best friend, Courtney signs Christina up for the thrift shop mailing list. And this made me think of myself, as most things do, because I love to terrorize my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't like to scare my friends, because if anyone scares me, I will punch you in the teeth. But <laughs> Noted. any kind of just like poking you with sticks or anything like that. I d- <laughs> one time in college, one time in college, I went camping with my friend's parents. I spent the whole day putting sticks and twigs 
in the seat next to the passenger seat, like between the passenger seat and the door. So then the whole ride home, I had like a hundred twigs and I just put them in her lap one by one as she, <laughs> she drove. Things like that. I would never <laughs> allow you in my car again. Yeah, this is a man who earlier gave a monologue about how people need to keep their cars clean I or know. else. I'm bringing shrubbery into somebody's car for pranking. <laughs> Chelsea, how do you terrorize anyone? Except, you know, Yeah, I think the listeners know how I terrorize people, but I mostly terrorize people's significant others. Like if I feel like they're not stepping up to the plate, I like to do very specific insidious things that like you wouldn't pick up on. Like one of my best friend's partners was like really trying to watch his weight and get in shape. And so I visited and I left and I like left a 12 pack of donuts and was like, thank you so much for being a generous host <laughs> to this person and just like left. And then I got a text from my friend that was like, he ate all of them. So, oh you know, God. just like weaponizing people's disordered eating against them and such <laughs> casual, <laughs> yeah. casual stuff. So, like that. you know, my flavor of terrorism is, which is a lot for me to say as a Muslim person, <laughs> okay. but my flavor of terrorism is by rolling the tapes on my friends. I've purchased cloud space <laughs> on my iPhone so that I don't ever have to delete my WhatsApp chat because your girl loves to roll <laughs> the tapes on people, which is, an, again, a very Virgo yes. thing to do to find a moment to say, I told you so, or no, you're lying, etc. I like wow. that I said, what kind of pranks do you play on people? And she said, I have receipts on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm a monster. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So um. don't text with Noor, Chelsea. <laughs> Okay. Everything else is verbal. From yeah. now well, on. you know that I delete my texts after like one day. Although I don't have to do that anymore now that you don't I have, have a new to do phone. That anymore. Yeah, you're in the twenty whatever century this is. I'm so bad with sense. <laughs> you're in the 1800s now, baby. Yeah. Donnie, we are so dumb. <laughs> it's part of our charm. I uh-huh. think. I don't know if anybody else agrees. <laughs> So Christina and Courtney arrive at Peter's brother's wedding, where Christina walks in on the bride in the middle of a breakdown. She's not sure she's ready, and Christina reminds her if she's not ready, she can always get a divorce. So then the bride is ready. She looks beautiful, and she's getting married. That was my Parker Posey impression, but it kind of sounded like Jennifer Coolidge. (laughs) During the wedding, the bride and groom decide they aren't in love and don't want to go through with this. This should work well for Christina, though, because Peter is the groom in a surprise twist. I can't. I can't. I mean, I have been dying, dying to attend a wedding where somebody changes their mind. I mean, guys, let me tell you something. Growing up watching Bollywood movies, that is like a big thing. So I grew up watching so much of it and I've never experienced it in real life. And I'm dying. I tell my brother who has no interest at all in ever getting married. I always tell him, I'm like, come on, buddy, just play the long game. Let me experience this for once. Please. Yeah. Especially if it's like this wedding where you like you still get to go to the party afterwards. That was so nice of all involved. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, once Christina realizes Peter is the groom, she and Courtney hurry home where they find Jane's evening did not go much better. Police, nuns, EMTs, the fire department, literally anyone in a five block radius, a news crew. They are all not just <laughs> on the street. They're in the building, in the apartment, because Jane is stuck. Because <laughs> while giving her boyfriend a blowjob, his piercing got stuck behind her tonsils. Um, so there's that. But before we move on and talk about how they get out of this 
sticky hey grandma situation Um, (laughs) there's no way any of us have stories that match this but i asked our cuties for some submissions of times they had to call 911 um and they delivered they were truly more than we've ever received before Oh, my gosh. The first one said, my niece called 911 when she was four because my sister told her she couldn't eat all of her advent calendar candy in one sitting. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. And then there was a lot of kids stuff like that, like sticking googly eye up your nose or not being allowed Mm. to play ball. So you called the police. (laughs) So the next one said, I woke up in a rando's bed to a woman who was apparently his girlfriend. And she punched me and broke my nose. I was so drunk that I went to my best friend's house, but we got pizza before going to the ER. Okay. I mean, all in all, just a fine day. (laughs) This one says, I thought someone broke into my house, so I called 911, but I forgot that my ex and I planned a burglar sex fantasy. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, my my gosh. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's incredible. (laughs) And then the last one is from Jenna Barclay, who you may recall from our Mean Girls episode that said, well, you know, I got stabbed in the eyeball. So (laughs) so if you're not familiar with that story, please go listen to our Mean Girls episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was wild. Let's talk about the second half of the scene. Because Christina tells Jane that singing will loosen her vocal cords. So then everyone in that apartment sings the Aerosmith song from Armageddon Mm -hmm. to save her. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Not at all to the police. (laughs) A cab. But we'll talk about on another episode. (laughs) And Donnie, I'm so sorry. I know you're trying to like move us along here. Can we just talk about Armageddon really quick? On the Sweetest Thing episode? Just really quick. In the movie Armageddon, isn't it kind of fucked up that Liv... Tyler gets like boinked to a song that her dad wrote. It's the oh. grossest thing in the world, girl. <laughs> I would say we'll save it for the Armageddon episode, but I can assure you I will not approve. Um, I'm going to cash in some favors after that Aquamarine You love that. I don't have kids to make me like things. I've never seen Armageddon. <gasps> Well, you know, I love a disaster movie. So naturally, I've seen Armageddon. (laughs) I know. Every time we're like coming up with a list of movies, I always try to sneak in day after tomorrow. And Donnie just like literally never even acknowledges that he's seen it. Oh my God. I've seen that movie in a theater. Oh, I've seen that movie more times than I can count. (laughs) At home, not in the theater, but I just watched it the other day for fun. It's the silliest movie in the world. They walk from New Jersey to New York in the snow. It's so ridiculous. You do what you have to do. Like me, moving along in this outline. Thank you. So three minutes later, Jane and Christina are at lunch with Courtney to meet her doctor boyfriend, who's like, no offense to this actor, but he's like a real man. He's not like movie star, good looking. (laughs) Just a regular schmuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And after he leaves, Courtney reveals that they haven't had sex, but she doesn't want to talk about it because she doesn't want to jinx it. Courtney is out of the game. And this obviously triggers Christina, who was so close to being out of the game, but it's not anymore. If only Peter wasn't married. So she picks up Jane's The Ten Commandments of Love book and dives in. Meanwhile, three hours away, Peter is getting ready to move to Costa Rica. Because why not? But first, he helps the owner of the thrift store with something, and she asks him to join the mailing list before he goes, where he sees Christina's address. This is serendipitous, I think. (laughs) Which (laughs) It's something. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. I do know it's that that movie, though. No, but it's accurate. You did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. We're talking about other movies that aren't even this. But when she writes her name on the dollar bill in Serendipity to see if it comes back. 
Beautiful. Christina needs to dance and drink away her feelings. So Courtney and Jane unwillingly go to the club with her, where she dances with (laughs) a zebra print wearing creeps who smiles too much and can't dance, (sighs) named Donnie. Why? Like, all all characters ever like this are always named Donnie, and I don't get it. I mean, I kind of get it, because I am. Oh, it's just awful. Uh, and, like, I thought the twist was going to be that he's gay, but no, he's just an asshole. But, like, he does seem, his outfit choice is a little homosexuality. Uh, <laughs> the way he danced was a little bit. He looked like one of those puppets from Wienerville that's just a head with a little body. So that's his name, Donnie. So Christina realizes she's acting like her old self and she doesn't want to. So she monologues to Donnie about not being afraid to take a chance at love. But like I said, he is a zebra print wearing creep who smiles too much and he tells her he just wanted to get laid. But I guess it's good that she had a Mm self-realization. That's nice. Yeah, for sure. Because then she would have ended up with Donnie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And nobody wants that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so Christina goes home and Peter is asleep on her steps and waiting for her. And he explains that the wedding situation was, you know, what it was. And he tells her how he feels. And the feeling is mutual. So they kiss. But... The kiss is lackluster, and she tells him so. So then we cut to one last interview with the jaded, unhinged man, Peter. And he talks shit on Christina for, just kidding, they're actually together and married. And now these two, along with Courtney, Jane, and Peter's brother, all tickle each other as we go to credits. <laughs> each other they do all tickle each other i was like there's a lot of weird touching in this yeah movie. it was very strange like first a dog puppet comes out and then like the two women join them on the couch and they just all giggle and tickle each other and we literally fade to black i didn't understand. yeah there's an orgy happening yeah, involving swingers. a brother 100% <laughs> so final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be I think we keep this movie exactly the same as in like the plot would stay exactly the same. I think we would take away some of like the heavy handed, butt pension, et cetera, et cetera. We might, you know, add on a couple of like technology layers where she's not leaving mm-hmm. her name in like a mm. guest book, you know, <laughs> like I would think that the book would be like somebody's stupid Instagram page. Like it would be stuff like that. Uh, but the actresses that I would go with, God, I guess, like, I want to put Rachel McAdams in, like, everything. <gasps> Please. Of course. She would probably be, like, the Christina Applegate character. Mm-hmm. I guess fucking Margot Robbie, throw her into a thing. Oh, she'd be good, too. Yeah, she'd be great. And then who would be Jane? I don't know. You know what? I'd make Jane a boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm into it. I agree. I think that... I mean, I was, like, shocked when he went through the address book and it was an actual address. Like, I I just assumed it was an email address she left or a phone number. When it was, like, a literal address, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I'm like, how old am I? <laughs> You're like, I don't even know my own address. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what a funny prank. I want my friend to get stalked. <laughs> I'm going to leave the building code on there, too, just in case. So I did a sequel 
And I was thinking I was like super clever. And originally I was like, okay, they've all gotten a divorce or like a husband has tragically passed away. So the three of them are all single and like back on the town. And I was like, we really need a movie about women in their 40s and 50s just shamelessly prowling for dick. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, wait, sex in the city is yeah, a thing. Literally. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Also, like, I feel like First Wives Club. Mm. All those movies with like Meryl Streep and like, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like they're all sort of about that, which I mean, guys, as I approach my 40s, I am definitely very inclined to watch films like that. So please. (laughs) Yeah. I said the same thing. I think I would still keep them with who they ended up with. Maybe someone has a different man or one of them single now, but I don't think they all need to be single. But I do like seeing that women can still be crass and sexual and vulgar at 50. And I said in my notes, like the Sex and the City movie, except good. Yes. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> do I enjoy the Sex and the City movie? Yes. Do I think Jennifer Hudson should have been St. Louise? God, no. We'll talk about that another time. Because that what a waste of a plot. Please. Oh, my God. St. Louise. Oh, got it. Please send your hate mail to Donnie's DMs, (laughs) Sex and the City lovers. Try it. And then we'll talk about and just like that. You'll love my opinion. Oh, God. So (laughs) final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? Everything about the movie pretty much to me aged well. The fact that this movie was like ill received and like it has such a low score on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff is just, again, indicative of the times when like we, we were not in a world that accepted that women could like sing songs about dick. Like it was just a time that Mm -hmm. was not ready to accept like sex positive female based conversations about sex and dicks and all that kind of stuff. And just like women being silly and crass. I do think if this movie was made now, it would be beloved. Everybody would just Mm -hmm. quote it all the time and it would be fantastic. Uh, What didn't age well were things like, you know, Jason Bateman being like, look at these pigs I picked up. And then (laughs) at the church, they're like slapping each other. He's like, don't be gay in a church, which I was like, well, funny you say that because it's multi-layered and also so (laughs) offensive. Um, Stuff like that, like wasn't great. I think overall, I agree. I think the message, I think the comedy, the humor, all of that aged well. And then there were just those little moments that they were a little bit jarring because I was so very much so enjoying the movie that when these little bumps in the road happened, I was like, oh, right, we're in 2002. But like an extended kind of unnecessary scene where two objectively stunning women are like picking themselves apart in the dressing room. I was just like, oh, right. That's why all of my friends had body image or disordered eating during this time. But it was just so ingrained during that time period of like, we're going to get in somehow undertones of fat phobia happening. Yeah. Yeah. Even them like eating ice cream without calories. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's <laughs> but also watching this movie, I remembered why I've had an eating disorder for 20 years. It's because of this movie, be- mm-hmm. not this movie, but just like the look, Cameron Diaz's yeah. body, yeah. Christina Applegate, like they just overall look. I remember that some of my best friends yeah. look like that and curves were just like not a thing. And they were not a thing because your pants needed to be down to your hip bones. And yeah. if you had a butt, mm-hmm. your butt crack was going to be sticking out. They did not make pants for us. So um <laughs> Sorry, I got real passionate there. But um we yeah. Asked you no, to, but yeah. 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 That's the, the fashions always upset me from the 2000s like god damn it. And then they're all coming back to it's you know. See Jesus. when movies are like ableist or racist, I can pick out the things that don't 
age well there but because i am a gay with body dysmorphia like when it hits close to home i just don't even it didn't bother me one bit so i was like it aged perfectly (laughs) there wasn't one thing i'd change so i guess i'll do some reflection on that note that is the end of the episode so nor let everyone know where they can follow you and it's nor's birthday so if you don't follow her you are just rude actually yeah rude as hell Uh, and i'm keeping tabs okay as a virgo um you can follow me at the reality is pod everywhere on twitter on instagram and you can uh, also support me on the patreon if you'd like i do some pop culture discussions with my brother once a week um and uh that's also patreon.com slash the reality is pod and um i'm everywhere podcasts are heard perfect thank you thank you again for coming on on your birthday and celebrating with us i will hold it against you for the rest of my life because (laughs) i'm a virgo (laughs) (laughs) and thank you everyone for listening we will talk to you later love Love you like like a sister. sister hi cuties it's me i just wanted to share some sad news that this week we lost an icon, Pepe. And I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate him because he will always be the cute one. I'm going to leave you now with covers by Pepe. My mother has 13 children, all girls except for 11. And with all of them boys sharing all of them toys, it's no wonder that I came to find I love things that are only just mine. So I don't want to do covers. I just want to sing my own songs. My brain makes them for free and they're all about me. And it's fun when my friends sing along. I just want to sing my own songs. Just wanna sing my own songs. So remember, it's your life forever. That's a long time to follow the crowd. So be what you wanna be. You can blame it on me. And remember, as you go along, it's okay if you sing like this song and sing. I don't wanna do covers. I just want to sing my own songs My brain makes them for free And they're all about me And it's fun when my friends sing along I just want to sing my own songs I just want to sing my own Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at RealDonnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.